0: I just tell you it's it's so cool when you can be in a in an atmosphere where people come and there's expectation, right? Where where you're you're already primed up, you're you're ready to go. It's like Jesus, what do you got for me today? You know, and I'm not naive enough to know there's a lot of people that came in this morning you got a need. Right? You do. You've got some real needs going on in your life right now. There's there may be some, some turmoil, some struggles, some strife, whatever's going on, right? There may be people on mountaintops. That's all great, but that's why we come together, right? Because if you don't feel like it this morning, maybe the, the, the person next to you does, and that helps you, right? But I'll tell you this. No matter where you're at this morning, God's got, got you. I'm serious. You don't have to leave this place the same way. I don't ever want to come to church and leave the same way I came in. And I've come to church and I've done church and all that stuff. But I'll tell you what, I want his presence every single time. And the word says that when two or three gather together, there he is in their midst. Amen. Dang, I don't want to preach. I just want to, I want to worship. Do it, do it, dare you. Nah, man, God's got something here too, right? He does. So listen, um, there are a lot of amazing things happening around here. Okay, yeah, yeah, come on, come on. It's so cool, it's so cool. How many of you were at uh, Crew Night on Thursday night? Crew Night, some of you might be like, what's Crew? Crew is just our teams. That's, we just, you know, we need a lot of volunteers and people serve and whether it's the gotcha team or the food bank or the kids or the youth or the care team or worship or i mean there's all sorts of places to serve but that's a night that we we celebrate those that are serving and we also introduce those that want to serve into different opportunities right and just a little side note everybody has an opportunity to serve in the church we want you to serve um and you get blessed more when you serve than when you receive i don't know how that works it's crazy cool but anyway thursday night was absolutely amazing Um, last night's service was amazing. This morning's service was amazing. We had a pre-launch service out at Adel last night. Yeah, baby. Easter is coming. That's going to be amazing. Tell you what, this is an awesome place to be. And I don't just say that just because I'm on staff here, a pastor here. It truly is an amazing place to be with amazing people. And, uh... You know, and that all starts with leadership. It really does. It starts with our pastors, uh, Jesse and Lauren. And um, Pray for them often. But I'll tell you what, there's no secret that God's blessing us the way it is and the church is expanding and growing because when you put Jesus first and you lift him up and our leaders do that and they're humble, right? So be praying for them because as they lead this, I mean, obviously you guys know we're growing, we're expanding. We don't have really have room for, uh, you know, everybody. They say once a church is 70% full, it's full. We're way over 70% full this morning, right? But uh, but God's got some great things ahead for us as far as the growth, but we just want to keep him number one, right? So let's, uh, let's just do that. Let's commit to pray for them as well. Um, you guys ready to sit down probably, aren't you? Okay, we're going to read first. We're going to read Hebrews 11, 1 through 6. It's going to be on the screen as well if you don't have your Bible this morning, but you should have your Bible. Hebrews 11. We're going to talk about faith today. Hebrews 11 is the faith chapter. We're just going to do 1 through 6 and and homework assignment. Please read the rest of the chapter. But uh, verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of faith things hoped for the evidence of things not seen for by it the elders obtained a good testimony by faith we understand that the world's the world was framed by the word of God so that the things that are seen were not made of things that would, that are invisible by faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain his brother through which he obtained a witness that he was righteous God testifying of his gifts and through it being dead still he speaks By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen? Let's pray. God, we ask you to open our hearts this morning. God, I want to ask for your anointing to preach the word. Lord, I ask for our hearts, all of our hearts, to be open to hear your word. Lord, raise up in us a faith, God, that uh, is bigger and more and bolder and, uh, and more than we've ever had before. God, I pray that you just begin a work today in each one of us, God, to step out in faith, to live a life of faith. Because you said, God, to, to please you, we have to have faith. And so, God, we certainly want to please you. Help us today to grow in our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. High five a couple neighbors, and we're going to get after it this morning. I tell you what, it is an absolute honor to be here. And I, uh, I had like an epiphany this morning. I'm standing there in the, uh, in, in, the, in the green room over here, and I felt like God showed me when I was 12 years old. And I remember being 12 years old and feeling a call I got in my life. And I started reading the book of Revelation, which is a crazy book to read when you're 12. Right? And so, but anyway, I'm 12 years old. And it was like what he showed me a picture of is like in my mind, I remembered being 12 years old up in my room, writing out a message, a sermon about the book of Revelation. And then some things happened after I was 12, you know, in my teen years. And I kind of, you know, ran from God and all those things happened. And then at 21 years old, I gave my life back to Christ. And I always had this thing in my heart that I felt like God put in my heart to preach the gospel, right? To, to share the gospel, to be in ministry. But I didn't know, like, how, how all that was going to turn out. I didn't know what was going to work or what wasn't going to work in life, right? And it's like the Lord showed me. You remember when you were 12 years old and the innocence that you had and your desire to preach the word? Look what you get to do. Now, I'm 47 years old, and I've preached a lot of messages, and I've never really thought about that moment. But I'll tell you what, I want to assure you this morning that if God planted something in your heart when you were young, it's still there. You've got to hear me. Hear me this morning. That Whatever you've done, and whatever the path has been, and, and however far you think you're off that path, God can take you back. His, his calling is without repentance. That's what Scripture says. If God called you to do something, if He asked you to do something, God has not forgot about that. Right? But there's something also about, I just, I just felt like he just spoke the, like the, the uh, act of purity when you're that age. In what you feel like God's calling you to do, you have no clue what life's about at 12. Come on, anybody give me an amen? Like, you know what I mean. Like, it's just kind of like butterflies and rainbows, right? Like, life is whatever, you know, snacks. Mom makes chocolate chip cookies. That's life. It's good. You get to see my friends at school. But God puts this stuff in us even when we're young. And I know I'm not alone. That God has put stuff in your heart. God has given you dreams and visions and different things and ideas and, and giftings and talents. And and there's people in here that feel like, man, maybe that's long gone. But I'm here to tell you, I want to stir that up a little bit this morning. That God wants to take you back to that innocence, that time of of just that love for him, when you know what, that, that term ignorance is bliss, whatever. You may be older now, but you know what? That same, that same innocence you can go to God with today. Amen? Amen. Come on. So we're going to talk about faith. Two kinds of faith today. Faith to receive and faith to give. So faith to receive. We need to have faith to receive from God, and we need to have faith to give and to, and to do things and to step out in faith. And I'm going to need you to preach back at me today. So give me an amen. amen. Okay, come on. Say, preacher preacher. preacher, preacher. Wow, come on now. Okay, we're going to do this because when you agree with God's word, there's something that happens. It's part of a faith thing, I, I believe. I remember the first couple of times I, I said that in church, man. It was a smaller church. I, amen. felt weird. It felt like everybody was looking at me. But no, it did something in me. It's like, hey, I'm just I'm publicly saying I agree with that. Right? May it be so. Amen. Come on. I want that in my life. Jesus, I want that. Right? Amen. Come on, brother. Somebody in the back row is wanting Jesus today. Now, the Holy Spirit does start up front. Just so you know. So that kind of, normally the anointing's a little thicker, and then it kind of works its way. Right, He can hear you back there. You just got to be louder in the back, right? I'm just teasing. I sit in the front because I'm easily distracted. Anybody else have ADD in the, in the room? Yeah. Amen. See, if I I love that dude. I don't even know who it is. If, if I'm back there, I'm seeing everything, and I, I just can't concentrate the same, right? So I just, I just got to be up front and just, and just focus on Jesus. But anyway, so you're going to help me preach today. Now listen to this. You got to catch this. The vast majority of miracles we see Jesus perform happen because somebody took a step of faith. I don't know if you heard me. No, I'm serious. Because what happens oftentimes in my life, in your life, and what we see in people's lives is we want God to do something in our life. But we're like, well, God's sovereign. He can touch my life. He, he knows. He knows my need. Or maybe we give a little, Jesus, would you help me? But see, that's not, that's not what we see in Scripture. Every single time somebody, like, received a miracle, like something crazy happened in their life, they stepped out in faith. They had to step out. They had to do something different. I mean, you know, there are a few. There, there are a few where somebody's minding their own business and cruising along and, and doing their thing, and, and God shows up, and there's this cool thing that happens. But that's just that's really rare. That, that's really not the norm. What we see, the vast majority, is Jesus is there. They notice that Jesus is there. They take a step of faith towards Jesus, they get his attention, and then, and then a miracle happens. Right? And the Bible is full of that. But the Bible only records a fraction of the actual miracles that took place. You know that? Scripture says that if, if everything that had happened, all the miracles, all the things that Jesus had done were written in a book, there isn't a book big enough to hold it all. Right? So we serve a God that's in the business of doing miracles. God needs you to hear me. Because I'm stirring your faith today. I, I want to prophetically say that. That we serve a God that does miracles. Yeah. Oftentimes, we don't see the miracles because we don't ask for the miracles. Come on now, listen. This is real. Especially in America. Especially in a first world country. That We have all sorts of other things that we go to and we, we, we try to do first. Before we get serious about maybe taking it to Jesus. But scripturally, you see every single time, I I, I challenge you to find a a time ever that somebody brought, brought a problem to Jesus, cried out to Jesus, and he didn't fix it or solve it or answer their prayer. Now, he's got a pretty good track record, right? So, if when Jesus was walking this earth, you had a need and you saw him, would you get his attention? Okay. Stick with me then a minute. Jesus is here today. Where two or three are gathered together, there I am, Where, In the lobby. Jesus ain't out there getting a cappuccino or a latte or a mocha. When two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in their midst. So the same Jesus that we're going to look at here, the same Jesus that did all the healings, the same Jesus that did all the miracles, the same Jesus that did all of that, the same Jesus is here today. But sometimes we don't have it because we don't ask. No, every time we don't ask, we don't get it. That's probably a more accurate statement. So, anybody want to increase their faith? Anybody want to see some answers to prayers? Anybody want to see more miracles? Anybody want to see that stuff? Then you've got to pray a certain prayer. You've got to go to Bible college. You've got to sit in the front row. You gotta be to two services at least a weekend. No. You gotta get his attention. There's something about hunger. And I'm let you in on a little secret. Okay, just the 1030 service. I'm lying because there's people online and I told 832. But it just sounds better. That Jesus is attracted to hunger. When you're, do you do you remember? when you first started, if you're married or dating, remember when you started kind of like liking that person? What if you acted like you didn't like them? How would that have turned out? I mean, maybe initially you did because that's what you did in middle school. I don't know, but 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 eventually you had to show interest in them. You, you were, you know, like hungry for that relationship. You, you, you showed some initiative, right? Even though it was probably kind of goofy and, and funny and, 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 you know, whatever. I remember when I first started showing interest in my now wife, been married 25 years. Um, oh, yeah, she's absolutely amazing. Y'all know her? Uh, anyway, so I started liking her, and I started, like, trying to spend time with her. So I started, like, picking up every shift that she was on. I would, like, look at her schedule, and then I'd, like, schedule myself the same once, right? Like, I was kind of stockish about it. <laughs> But I, I pursued. There was a hunger. There was a something, right? I was going after this, right? I just wasn't going to leave it to chance, right? You get what I'm saying today? So, like, I was going after it, going after it. And I'll never forget the, 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 the time when I finally, I finally, like, had that moment where I'm going to, like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something about us. And we were, she was a, she worked in law enforcement, and I, I was there, too. And, anyway, we're in a car together. And I just happened to, there were two other people in the car, and I had it planned. You guys get out. Okay, So I'm sitting in the front seat. She's in the back seat. So you picture this, right? It's night, and I'm up there, and and I said, so this is the best line I could come up with. So I hear you like me. Come on now. Come on. Get a little confidence there, baby. Actually, the minute I said it, I felt like an idiot. Um... She laughed out loud. She said, uh, that's, that's, uh, that's an interesting way to start a conversation. I said, yeah, that didn't come out like I thought it should. But the end result was okay because I pursued her. Now, the reason I tell that is, is sometimes we think we have to say it a certain way. We've got to go after God a certain way. All, all that really matters is that you let him know that you want it. I'm serious, guys. I mean, it's not as technical as you think. All you got to do is show some hunger, show some initiative. Say, God, I want more of you. Right? Jesus, I hear you like me. It's a good good place to start. I'm not kidding you. There are so many people in this room. I mean, again, that's from the Holy Spirit. You need to know that God likes you. No, really. He not only loves you, you know He loves you, but He actually likes you. There's a difference. He kind of has to love you. He's God. Right? I mean, there's times I love my kids. i got three. But there's been moments I don't like them. But I love them. But I don't like you right now. Jesus likes you, and he loves you. But he's attracted to hunger. And as we look at these few stories in the Bible... I want you to to pick up on a few things. I want you to pick up on their ability to step out and take a risk and the hunger that they show. Because when I see miracles in the Bible and I see God touching people, I want to know why it happened. Right? I mean, I want to emulate that. I like seeing people that are successful in different things in life, and I want to copy them or emulate them. I want to learn from them, right? And scripturally, it's absolutely no different. And... I first, like, stumbled on this when I was uh, 21 years old. I had just given my life back to Christ, and we had a Sunday night service. It was 1996, and so you can figure out my age. Well, I just told you I was 21, so 21. Right there, Nate. You don't even have to do the math, right? So I'm at this Sunday night service. I just gave my life to Christ, and, and there were some prophetic things going on. And uh, God was kind of using this gal and, and just really speaking into people's lives, and it was just a beautiful, beautiful night. But he wasn't, like, I wasn't getting any of that. And so the night was getting long, and, and, it, and, and it was getting to be several hours, and the service started at 10 o'clock, I'm sorry, at 6 o'clock, and at 10 o'clock I was still there. And I remember I was laying in the front, and I told the Lord, I said, listen, here's the deal, if you're speaking to other people, if you're prophetically doing this, I'm not going to leave this place until you talk to me. Right? I'm going to be the last, you're going to have to lock the doors, turn the lights off, kick me out. Because, God, if you're you're here and if you're talking to people, your word says you're no respecter of persons, but I've noticed something in the scripture that you're attracted to hunger, right? And so I'm going to stay here until you touch me. I'm going to stay here until you talk to me. I'm going to stay here until you do this. And and I'm laying there because, again, I ran from the Lord, and I felt this call when I was younger, and I'm laying there in my face, and I'm just telling the Lord, listen, I want to know if you still love me. I want to know if, you still, if I'm still called to do what you asked me to do. Because I know I'm not worthy to do it, but, but do you still want me to do that? Right? So I'm saying that under my breath. My fiance, my wife now, she comes up. It's like 1030 now. She says, Rob, I'm going to take your sisters home. It's getting late. I'm tired. That would have been easy for me to get up at that moment and say, you know what? I'm out. Right? I've been here since 6 o'clock. Maybe God doesn't want to talk to me. Maybe I'm, maybe it's not my time. Maybe it's not my turn. And sometimes that happens, right? Whatever. But not that night. I said, no, I'm going to stay right here, and you're going you're to talk to me. Right. And so here we go. Everybody's leaving. I'm the only one left. And I'm like, I'm getting a little nervous. Am I, just, am I a fool? And I said, God, I'm not leaving. And this woman come over, and she goes, I, I don't know why. I just feel like God wants you to know that what he called you to do when you were young, it's still there, and he loves you exactly what I asked him what I needed. Amen? But I'll challenge you with this and I've thought about this often. What if at 10 o'clock I would have got up and left? Like that moment is so pivotal in my life I think about it often that that was where God confirmed what he told me to do when I was young. He reconfirmed it when I was 21, right? But, But what facilitated that was the fact that I said I dropped my water. What facilitated that was the fact that I said, I'm not going to leave until you touch me. Right? So I wonder, is there anybody here today that says, man, I'm hungry. I need something from God. Are you willing to do something different than you've always done? In Mark 5.22, we've got this story. It's Most of you have probably heard about the woman that was healed with the issue of blood, right? Well, when that happened, Jesus was on his way to go see someone else so what had happened in mark 5 i'll just kind of summarize it for you there was this synagogue leader named jarius who came to jesus and when he saw jesus he fell at jesus's feet and he pleaded with him earnestly he said my my little daughter is dying so again so here you have jarius he knows that jesus is a healer he's seen him do things He's around a lot of people. He's in the synagogue, whatever, doing stuff. And Jarius shows up and says, man, I've got a need in my life. I've got a need right now. My daughter is is very sick and she's going to die. Would you come to my house and would you pray for her? You notice what he didn't do? He didn't go, hey, you know, I'm going to just wait right here. And if it's God's will, she's going to get healed. Come on, people. We do that sometimes, Right. We think, you know, God's sovereign. He knows. Did, did God know that his daughter was sick and going to die? Huh? Sometimes you have not because you asked not. What would have happened if Jairus would have been like, you know what, man? I, he looks kind of busy, and I think it's too far gone. Or maybe I'll just, maybe I'll just from the back of the room go. I'm not picking on the back of the room here, but in that moment, maybe he's just like, hey, if Jesus sees me back here. Then, then, maybe, then maybe it's his will. Uh-uh. What you see is this man saying, you know what? I'm going to get his attention. He found Jesus. He dropped to his knees. And he begged him to come to his house to heal his daughter. Right? So Jesus says, okay, man, I had plans today. And so I'm going to have to stick with my plans. Is that what Jesus did? Mm-mm. Jesus said, you know what? You just interrupted my plans. Let's go take care of your business are you willing to interrupt his plans come on church i'd like four people willing to interrupt god's plans you want do you want to see the result that jarius got amen okay so they're on their way so they're cruising along right and now there's there's this woman who had an issue in her body an issue of blood for 12 years 12 years a long time right Scripture says that she had spent all the money she had and gone to all the doctors that she could go to. She was out of, out of money. She was out of um, any possible solution that she could come up with medically. And, uh, and she was just, she, that was it, man. She was on her last, last rope. Like she just didn't know where else to go. So here she is in this crowd, and she thought she'd heard of Jesus. Scripture says she heard, she heard of Jesus. So she didn't know him personally. She wasn't like they were buddies. She didn't go hang out with him often. Maybe she didn't go to church that much. I don't know. But she heard about Jesus. So you've heard about Jesus, right? You've heard that he heals? You've heard that he does some crazy miracles? So maybe he'll do it for you. That's what she thought. I'm serious, guys. Like she didn't know she was going to be in the book. You get the, The other thing is the people in the book did some crazy stuff to get in the book. So you say, man, I want to be great for God. You might have to do some crazy stuff. I mean, I'm just saying. It's kind of how it works. So here she is in the crowd, and, you know, she's, she's thinking, if I can just touch his garment, that's enough. If I can touch his garment, I'm going to get healed. She just, that's the faith. We're talking about faith, right? Faith that, that receives. Faith that receives. You've got to step out and at least, at least take a step, Right? She didn't know how the theology would work. She didn't know what was going to happen with the healing. She didn't know what her issue of blood was. The physicians didn't know. Nobody knew what was going on. She didn't know if she had to pray a certain prayer. She didn't know anything. She just had enough faith to say, I think Jesus is a healer. I've seen that. I've heard that. I've heard he's a great man. And if I just touch the hem of his garment, I think I'm going to get healed. Faith of a mustard seed, Right? So here they are going through the crowd, right? They're heading to Jairus' house because he interrupted Jesus' plans and his daughter is dying. And so they're heading there. Well, meanwhile, this lady's like, uh-uh, no, no, no. I'm going to just reach out and touch him. So she reaches out and touches him and immediately she's healed. Immediately she's healed. And Jesus is like, hold up. Who, Who touched me? And the disciples are like, oh. We're in a crowd um i don't know what's going on jesus did you have lunch today because there's a lot of people touching you man that's what was going on i mean they're going through a large crowd people are rubbing up against each other i mean they're, t- they're t- somebody who touched me and he's like no no hold up like virtue like power left me now catch this this is a, this is just a woman with an issue of blood that had a little bit of faith. Jesus didn't pray a certain prayer over her. She didn't have to attend church both services. Uh, she didn't you know whatever. She didn't whatever. She didn't do all the things that we think you got to do, right? And Jesus here's the here's the cool part. He didn't even know he was healing her. It was her faith. So he's like, "Okay, who he, he wouldn't drop it. He did, he would not drop it. He's like, "Who touched me? Who touched me?" Finally the woman comes forward and says, "Listen, it was me. I touched you. And now I'm healed completely. And Jesus told her, your faith has made you whole. Come on, church. So the Bible says that he's no respecter of persons. So if he'll do that for a A woman that had an issue of blood for 12 years stepped out and reached out in a little bit of faith and got a hold of him. Why won't he do it for you and me? You know why? Because you have not, because you ask not. That's it. That's all. Jesus is still the same today as he was then. I I, want to see more miracles. Right? I want to see that kind of faith. But again, as we study the scripture, you got to step out in faith. you got to do something different. You can't just church, church is not just to come and observe, right? It's to come and participate. It's to come and and get, go after God, you know, and during our lives, we don't just give God, like pastor was saying, you know, a few minutes on the interstate, a few minutes driving to work or, or whatever in the morning, like you got to do something different, grow a hunger, right? Grow something like when I'm hungry, you know, I'm sitting on the couch, man, watching TV or something and I'm hungry and I look over at the fridge. There's food in there. But if I just sit on the couch, I'm just like, man, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. And I don't ever get up. Am I going to get filled? No, nah, my wife's gone this week. They're at a bridal shower in Missouri, so I couldn't say, honey, can you grab me? <laughs> so I had to get up. <laughs> but it's good. You get up, and then you get filled, Right? And why is it so many times spiritually we just we just resort to, I think some of it's fear, some of it's unknown, some of it's just, I don't know. The enemy, right, tries to convince us of things. But why do we think that, well, if it's going to happen, it'll just happen? You ever think that? Like, it's God's sovereignty. God's in charge. What'll be, what'll be. No, not at all. That's not scriptural. We see people changing things all of the time in scripture. Like, inner. Like completely interrupting what God's doing, and he, and he stops, and he, and he blesses them. He heals them, right? It's crazy. There's not a time in Scripture where you can find that somebody got his attention, and he didn't meet their need. Can you say that in your life? Sometimes we have not because we ask not. What do you need from God today? What do you need? I, I'm serious. Like, What do you need? There's nothing, there's nothing in your life, there's no situation, no sin, no thoughts, whether it's depression, whether it's a job issue, a relationship issue, uh, you name it. I don't care what it is, your past, what somebody did to you, what you've done, uh, whatever, anything, anything, absolutely anything, God can fix it. Now, okay, I just have a feeling if this was like back in Jerusalem in the day and we're walking along and I'd have said that, they'd have been like, yeah because they saw it but sometimes because you haven't seen it yet you're like i I think i believe that but are you willing to get hungry huh because i'll tell you what gang i'm already seeing it i mean the church is on fire right now you know why it is though again you know why it is it's because individual people are saying you know what i don't want to live the way i've been living i'm going to live god's way and when you take one step towards him he runs towards you he does don't stop don't stop so my first point is this and the next two will go a lot faster point number one faith recognizes who he is so that's the first thing you got to do if you're going to have faith you got to say who, who is it I'm putting my faith in who is it it's Jesus Jesus so back to the story a woman gets healed Because of her faith, and Jairus now, people bring word and say, man, it's too late. Because Jesus delayed, right, pretty much, your daughter's dead. So the daughter was 12 years old, right? How how many years did the woman, woman have the issue of blood? I don't know if that's a coincidence or not, but I just love scripture that way, Right? You got this woman that just got healed. She'd been dealing with it for 12 years. The time that this daughter, this woman, this little girl was born is how long that this woman had been dealing with this issue. And now you got a little girl that's 12 and she just died. That just seemed like the enemy. You get some victory in your life and then boom, something happens, right? You know what happens though? Oftentimes we get one victory in our life, the enemy comes in, something bad happens, and we get discouraged. Why? Jesus is bigger than death. You believe that, I know you do, because you put your salvation on, on the line for that fact, that Jesus is bigger than death, right? How many, you're going to heaven? No, you're going to heaven. Okay, well, you're going to heaven because a, a, a man born to a virgin came from God and died on a cross and now is alive. So he's bigger than death. Come on, you need to, I need to say it again. Jesus is bigger than death, Right? <laughs> Thank you. So in my mind, and i got to tell myself, I'm preaching to me today too, right? So Jesus is bigger than death. What's, what problem do I have in my life that's bigger than death? Nothing. So Jesus is bigger than every issue, every problem, everything that could possibly happen in my life or to anybody I love. Jesus is bigger than that, right? And by the way, Christianity is the only religion where our Savior is alive. I mean, every other religion in the world, their, their God died, right? They're, he's dead or she's dead. Ours died and said, okay, now it's finished. Now I'm alive. Amen. So you serve a God who is bigger than any obstacle or problem. We just got to change that thinking in our mind. Right? When we run up against something, we got to go, oh man, this, uh, this is hard. Nobody understands. No, no, he understands. Yeah. You have a friend in Jesus that understands and has been through it and can fix it anything. So they go to Jairus' house, and Jesus' is like, no, keep going. She's just sleeping. <laughs> what? <laughs> nah, that's what they did. They laughed, Chris. They laughed. They laughed. And um, I mean, it's. When somebody's dead, they're dead. Like, you know, um, like I've been a medic and I'm around people sometimes that die and they're cold. They're dead. Like, she was dead. But Jesus is going, "Uh uh-uh, there's nothing too far gone for me. See, isn't that crazy? Like, in our natural sense, like, yes, yes, she was dead physically. She was. Physically, she was dead. But with Jesus, all things are possible. So Jesus is like, no, she's sleeping. They're like, hey, man, whatever, dude. I don't know. Like, she she dead, right? Jesus is like, you guys stay here. Jesus goes up there, brings the girl back to life. So you want to tell me there's something in your life bigger than Jesus? You want to tell me something's too far gone? Right? And and let's back up. Why did this happen? Let's back up. The little girl is sick. She's going to die. 12-year-old little girl. I got a 12-year-old little girl, Aaliyah. And I'll tell you what, if Aaliyah's sick and she's going to die, I'm, I'm going to be bombarding heaven. It ain't, it, it's not going to be because I didn't go after Jesus and get his attention that she doesn't get healed. And sometimes, you know what, God still chooses to take people. I buried a buddy this week, 57 years old, suddenly died, great man, loved Jesus. I honestly think he was a little bit like Enoch where God said, you know what, Malin? I just, I just got to be with you and here, let's go. I really do. Sometimes things happen, but I'll tell you what. What initiated the healing for that, that dad and that daughter was because dad knew where Jesus was, ran to Jesus, got on his knees, and said, Jesus, I need your help. Come on, you hearing me this morning? Is it any different for you or me? Okay, what if, what if that synagogue leader, that church leader, Jairus, what if he had said, maybe it's just God's will. Would Jesus have shown up at that place and healed her? Come on, church. What are we leaving on the table? What are we leaving on the table? What are you leaving on the table in your life? What are you living with when God says, all you got to do is bring it to me? That's all you got to do. I gave you this thing called free will, but man, I told you how to do it. I paid the price. I can set you free. You don't think you can have victory. You don't think you can have that kind of marriage. You don't think you can have that kind of job. You don't think you can be blessed that way. You don't think you can have whatever. You don't think you can be healed. But I didn't ask you to think. Come on. I I mean, the woman with the issue of blood, she didn't think about it too much. She's like, I heard he heals. I just want to touch his garment. (laughs) And let's just see what happens. Right? Oh, my goodness, guys. I'm excited. I don't know about you guys. So, um, but listen, catch this. So, another, another Jesus says, I am in Scripture. Have you guys heard that? So, it was when Moses was like, um, God was calling him to go back to Egypt, and he'd been gone for a while, like 40 years on the backside of the desert. The, the desert's bad, but the backside? Where's that at? Right? So 40 years, so, so you, okay, so he, he had this thing when he was younger. He felt like this call of God in his life to set the Israelites free, right? And so he ends up killing an Egyptian soldier and runs away and all this stuff. And God had a plan for his life, and then he maybe kind of messed it up. I don't know. But 40 years later, how many of you would think maybe God's done with me? Anybody in here ever mess something up? Holy smokes, this is the, the smartest group of people, the best group. There were only like five people that have messed stuff up. How many people have messed something up? Okay, thank you. Because you just messed up the first time. So, I would feel like I messed it up. I screwed it up. That was forty. I mean, forty years in the desert. I would forget about that call probably in my life. Maybe every now and then think about it. Well, Jesus, or the Lord didn't forget about it. He shows up in, a, in the burning bush and says, "Okay, Moses, we're going to go back." Right? Moses says, "Okay, good. Because I've been waiting, God, for you to show up and do this in my life." Read your Bibles. That's not what he said. Don't listen to me. Read the word. I mean, listen. But, but, but make sure it's scriptural. So God shows up and says, Moses, let's go do this. Right? And the first thing he says is, man, I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of got a, maybe a st- stuttering problem. And so I think I'm going to have to probably talk in groups of people or like a public speaker kind of guy. Right? Like if I'm going to be a leader of a nation. I'm going to have to, like, probably speak out loud. So maybe you use somebody else. And God says, dang, I completely forgot about that. <laughs> you're, you're right. You're right. I can't use you, Moses. Doggone it. No. God says, who made man's mouth? You want to make an excuse for God? Try it. He's got the greatest comebacks. Have you ever noticed that most of the time, too, when somebody asks him a question, he doesn't answer it? He asks them a question back? I love it. I hate it when it's me. But I love seeing him do it. It's so awesome. So, okay, so he says, Moses, I want you to do this. Who made man's mouth? I did. And then, and then God goes on to say, you tell Pharaoh, I am. I am. I am. What does that mean? What does that mean? I am. I am everything. I am I am everything to every situation that could possibly come up. So I tell you this morning, you think about what your thing is, what you want from God, what you feel like God's leading you towards, what the vision is, what the healing needs to be, what the restoration needs to be. I don't know what it is, but I can, I can definitely say this over your situation. I am. I am. I'm here to tell you today that I am says he can do it. All you got to do is trust him. He says, "So my, my point is this, man. He's the healer, the redeemer, the savior, the creator, the great I am. You need him. That's all you need. He says, I am. I am bigger than your problem. I am the one who can forgive your sins. I am the one who can give you hope again. I am the one who can restore that relationship. I am the one that can heal your body. I am the one who can heal, heal you of depression. I am the one who loves you and chose you. The only thing keeping you from receiving that." is you wow. and me Isn't that crazy? Yeah. We have everything available to us. Yeah. If we'll just step out in faith. You know Hebrews 11:6 says this and it says without faith it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. So you got to believe he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Do you earnestly seek the Lord? How many of you like rewards? Fantastic. I like Casey's rewards. I build up a lot of them. Um, But then I have two friends named Brad and Sean. I don't know if you ever heard of them. They know my rewards number. Who needs enemies, right? So Rob decides to go get gas one day, and I got all these rewards built up, and I'm going to get 50 cents off a gallon, you know, because it's crazy expensive. Guess who doesn't have any more rewards? As I inquire, guess who used my rewards? I like rewards. So if you want to give me your reward number after church, text it to... No, I'm just kidding. But get this. He says that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Is it okay to say that in church, right, that God wants to bless you? Man, some of you need to hear that, because sometimes Christians, we get a bad rap. Some, not anybody here, I wouldn't imagine. But sometimes as a Christian, we walk around with this frown on our face. Oh, it was me, you know. This isn't my life. I'm just passing through, you know. Going to go to glory someday. Just struggling through, suffering for Jesus. Are you kidding me? We have all the victory. We should be the happiest people, right? Scripture says they'll know us by our judgment for one another. They'll know us by our gossiping for one another. Don't No? You people read your word. They'll know us by our love for one another. Come on. Come on. So he's going to reward you as you step out. He's going to bless you. He's going to heal you. He's going to take care of those issues in your life if you step out. If you want to live with your sin, as pastor preaches the message on the Egyptians, just one more night with the frogs. If you want to sleep with the frogs one more night, you can. I've known people that have, that have stayed in their muck and mire, even though they're believers, they're going to heaven, but they've stayed in their situation for years that's sad right because all they got to do is run to Jesus and say I've had enough I, I don't want this anymore God would you touch me would you fix my situation God I don't I don't know how to fix it that's the cool part about faith you don't have to figure it out right I don't know how he started that That little girl's that 12 year old's organs again I don't know how I don't know if he I don't, I don't know if he like did a defibrillator with his hand I don't know I don't know how He healed the issue of blood. I still don't even know what the issue of blood was. But the cool part is, you don't have to know, and I don't have to know, and I don't know what needs to be fixed when it comes to the depression you struggle with. I don't know how to diagnose that. I don't know. I don't know how to fix the healing that needs to happen in your body. I don't know how to fix the healing in your relationship. I don't know how to make you walk in joy because of the past. I don't know how to. I don't know how to see you forgive that person. But I don't know how to do that. But I am does. Amen? So I'll tell you this. Point number two is this. Faith requires a step on my part. It requires a step on my part. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to know how it's all going to work. You don't have to know what the future looks like. You don't have to do that. All you got to do is get to a point where you say, man, I'm tired of it being the way it is. And I'm just going to take a step of faith. That's it. That's it. What would happen if, if, if every Bible-believing, spirit-filled church, if every believer that sits there every week would finally say, you know what, I've had enough. God's got a plan for my life, and it's up here, like, that, he wants me to live this way. I don't have to live in condemnation and fear anymore. I don't have to live in guilt. I don't have to live with this. I don't have to live with that. And, and take their rightful place, the rightful place that God's already paid the price for. Right? You ever see it in your kids, man? You ever see like, like they're not living up to their full potential, right? Like you see it in them and you're like, man, when they realize, when they realize who they are in Christ, when they realize this, when they realize that, and then they do and they walk up in it and you're like, yes, yes. That's what God does. And he's going, um, you, you want to do that today? Would you like to be free today? Do you, do you want to walk out different than you came in? Do you want to have more joy, more peace? You, you want to have that? You want me to bless that? You want me to, you know, that business I've been telling you to start? Do you want that first thing to fall in place? Maybe just run to me. Would you get my attention? Because there's something about getting his attention. And again, some people say, oh, you know, it's, it's, if it's a sovereignty, you go with that all you want. You, you, go, you, go, you go run that out in your life and let's see how that works. I'll take the scriptural example of getting his attention and seeing him touch my life over and over and over and over and over over again. Amen? But faith requires a step on my part. So get this. In the Old Testament, we talked about Moses coming out of Egypt, right? You guys all remember we got all these Egyptians chasing the Israelites, right? And it looks like the plan backfired. (laughs) Like, dang, God, you let us out, and now everybody's like you brought us out here to kill us because the egyptians are coming the red Sea's right there and we're gonna die i mean you guys probably never do that when things go bad um i think the worst case scenario sometimes i do forgive me jesus but the lord told them you take a step into the red sea and guess what i'm gonna do i'm gonna part it so catch this this is really cool The Israelites coming out of Egypt, out of slavery, out of bondage, out of their old life, they have to go through the Red Sea by faith. Something miraculous happened, right? They take a step in the water and actually the staff went in the water and then the, the waters parted, right? But Moses had to take that step of faith and put the staff in the water and then, right? Okay, so now fast forward when Israel is now going into the promised land, okay? They have to cross another body of water, another river, the Jordan River. So what happens again? Another step of faith. Yeah. Where Joshua comes and says, listen, I'm going to send the, the, uh, the, those carrying the tabernacle. And um, they're going to step in the water. And when their toes hit the river, the water upstream is going to stop. Yeah. And you're going to walk through. And the, the ark and, and the presence of God, what it represented it was the presence of God, is going to stop in the middle. And as long as that's in the middle, the water will stay up there. And all the Egyptians, or not the Egyptians, they were dead. They were in the Red Sea. But all the Israelites then walked through the, the Jordan on dry ground. So catch this. They had to take a step of faith to get out of their slavery. You and I, when you first give your life to Christ, you take a, take a step of faith and get out of slavery. But that's not it. Your journey's not over. You want to go into your promised land? You want to go into the promises that God has for you? You might have to take another. Not you might. You will have to take another step of faith. You ever catch that before? Both ends of their journey was was water being parted. They took a step of faith. Now, could you imagine being the dude that you're up there like, okay, this sounds like a crazy idea. Um, I'm carrying this heavy thing, and if this doesn't work, I'm going to drown. But at some point, you got to have the courage to go, okay. I mean, that's faith right there. Like, sometimes we think it's super spiritual, and you got to go to Bible college and and be a theologian and all these things before you can really have this. No! it's It's just the fact when you're standing there, and you feel like God said this, and you go, okay. Okay. But then that step, boom. Their toes hit the water, and the water upstream. This was flood season, too. It wasn't like there was a drought. This was flood season, the Bible says. The water stopped up there. There's a wall of water. Dudes walked out in it and stopped in the middle and waited for everybody to go through and I'm telling you if I'm the guys in the middle I'm going hey this is really cool but can we hurry <laughs> like I got faith and all but I don't know how long that wall of water is going to be there you get what I'm saying yeah. there, were, there was still some doubt yeah. it's okay if you got some doubt right. you hear what I'm saying yeah. you don't have to be like man Jerry is showing up I don't know I got a need I just need you to heal my daughter I don't care how you do it I don't know what it's going to look like the woman with the issue of blood how about, how about Zacchaeus Zacchaeus a little dude his step of faith was climbing a tree. He heard that, that Jesus was somebody special. And there was a crowd. And he's a little dude, a little tax collector, right? And he's like, I just want to see him. That's all he did. That was his step of faith. I just I, I just want to see Jesus. He climbs the tree. Jesus sees him. But you know what Jesus saw? He didn't see a little guy in a tree. What he saw was hunger. Huh? Isn't it something? That, that hunger attracts him. If we could all stand up. We're going to close here in a minute. Let's... Well, save some time for prayer. I'll give you my third note too. Third note is this, third point. Faith should be obvious because of my works. And we don't have time to jump through James 2, but I'll tell you what, homework assignment, James 2. Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead, right? If we're going to believe in Jesus, we're going to live by faith, we're going to do something with it. But you see Zacchaeus, okay? So get this, man. Jesus is here today. Jesus is looking around going, man, who's hungry? Now, I mean, not like hungry for the roast you got or for chick Well, Chick-fil-A is not open. Can't go there. Yeah. I'm hungry in here, but I'm way more hungry in here. And if you say, man, I don't know if I'm not hungry in here, that's okay. Get hungry. I mean it. Like sometimes there's no shortcuts in serving God. Like sometimes, it's like no, I want different. I want better. I want. Listen, I got family members that aren't saved. You, yeah. you got people you don't know, or people that you know that aren't saved. Yeah. I want to see them saved, so I'm hungry for that. Yeah. Right? I got I got people I know that are struggling with substance abuse. I want to see them. I want to see them broke free. Yeah. There's oftentimes when we have an altar call. There's you know it's like somebody says, "Hey, anybody." You know, struggling with substance abuse. You may see me come forward. I'm not. But, I, but I'm representing somebody that is. Right? They're not here today. But in my heart, I'm going, no, listen, I'm hungry to see them get healed. And we see that scripturally. We see those guys take their friend on the cot. Jesus is in the house. He's healing people. Things crazy are happening. they're like, man, we're getting our friend in front of Jesus. Right. So sometimes you may not have the faith. And you need other people to, ha- to carry you. And I want to start with that today, because I I just feel like that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. So, if you're here today and you say, man, I I want to see a healing, I want to see something in my life, but man, I don't know if I got the faith. I don't know if I got the faith. I need other people's faith. I need somebody to carry me. I need something. I'm in a desperate spot. You know, we're not going to ask you what it is specifically, unless you want to tell somebody, that's fine. But we're going to give you an opportunity to say, listen, I, I just need it. I need it. I need it. I need something from God. I need somebody to carry me forward. I need something. I just want you to lift up your hand. People are going to pray for you. You walk up here first. Walk up here first. Walk up here. You say, man, I need it. I need it. And these are people they are saying, man, I need this. I'm desperate for it. I need other people to pray for me. I need it. I don't know what to do. I don't have the answers. I need hope. I need peace. I need joy. I need a healing in my body. Those that believe... Those that have faith today, come in behind these folks, okay? And then the second group of folks, and we just start praying for them. The second group is say, man, I'm hungry. Jesus, I want you. You know, you may not be in the same spot where you're like, man, I need to, I need somebody to cut a hole in the roof, but God, I have something in my life that I need. God, I want you to see me this morning. I want to take the step of faith. And there's something about just the simple step of faith out of your seat. I don't know what it is. I don't It's just, it's not manipulation on the church's part. We don't care. But Jesus sees it, and there's something about it. So many times I can tell you story upon story upon story upon story of people that take a step of faith, and God does something in their life. The Scripture is full of it. Jesus. And this morning, don't be afraid. We've just got five minutes left. Don't be afraid to cry out. This is a safe place. Don't be afraid to, to go after Him this morning. Don't be afraid to, if you see Him walking through the crowd, man, don't be afraid to say, Jesus! God, stand. We stand in the gap for other people this morning. God, we stand in the gap for those that are hurting today. God, those in the room that say, man, I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't even know if I know Jesus. My heart hurts. I'm lost. I'm desperate. I've even talked about maybe even ending end my life. God, I stand in the gap today for those people. God, I've got faith to believe that you're going to touch their life. I got faith to believe on their behalf. God, I believe. Lord, your word says that they're healed because of their faith. Woman, you were healed because of your faith. And all she did was took a simple step. She reached out. And God, as these people reach out today, and Lord, even those that maybe you are in the seat that say, man, God, you see my heart. Reach out. Reach out today. Scripture says we have not because we ask not, and we're not going to be guilty of that this morning. That God, we ask you this morning. God, I ask for more miracles. God, I ask for your presence in this place. I ask for your Holy Spirit to change lives. God, I don't want to leave the same. God, you do the work. God, you do the work. God, show up this morning. God, we want you in this place. Jesus, meet needs, meet needs. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, please check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, be sure to go to myeternity.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at MyEternityChurch. Church. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps.